Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, welcome to this week's Full Throttle. Quite a different thing. I'm live on location in Brackley in Northamptonshire, and we're at the Brackley Festival of Motorcycling. We've had a bit of rain, we're in the lunch break at the moment, but uh, all good. And Barry Nutley is with me. Barry, we've been commentating in the commentary box. You've just had a sidecar lap. First of all, what's all this about? What is the Brackley Festival of Motorcycling? It's 10 year anniversary now. Yeah, it is the 10th, year, 10th anniversary. It's uh, the idea conceived by Roger Charlesworth and Dominic Copas to put on a motorcycle event and something unique in the UK where the public road is closed. The high street is closed. They have a permit from about six in the morning until midnight where they're allowed to run race bikes and it's classic race bikes up and down the high street. We normally get huge crowds. There's a good crowd today despite the weather. And there's an entrance fee, of course, but the money all goes to charity. The air ambulance benefit, the uh, local charities benefit, the blood bikers. So all the money raised at the Brackley Festival goes to charity and it's so well supported by museums, private collectors. They bring along these iconic race bikes from the 50s, the 60s, right up to the modern day. This is stuff you can't see anywhere else unless you go to one of the classic meetings around the country but Brackley Festival is unique because it's in the high street the town is closed and everybody's having fun the shops are open as normal there's a rock band there's a bar everything you want great fun family day out as you say it has been raining a little bit but we're in an hour's lunch break at the moment um it's greasy underfoot isn't it it's a little bit slippery but you've been out there on a sidecar but it's like we've been saying with freddie spencer who's here these events are vital aren't they to keep you know this is where people can actually get up grassroots motorsport up close and personal with these machines and it's important that they do keep going there's not a lot of them outside of the uk but the uk does have plenty it does and you know we work in the racing environment don't we you're in the world superbike and the bsb paddock and we think that the world revolves around racing there are an awful lot of motorcycle people out there who don't go to race meetings they don't watch it but they are enthusiasts for the old machinery the classics they love to see hear and smell the bikes of yesteryear and even the modern era these are bikes you were saying only today a, Co- a Loris Caprossi Ducati, 15 years old, looks dated. Extremely dated. It does. We were surprised, weren't we? We were looking at that this morning, Barry and I, when we went down there. And yeah, it's only 15 years old. It was the first Ducati to win a MotoGP race in Catalonia in 2003. And yeah, it's compared with the modern day bikes, it does look really dated. Yeah, it's amazing. And then when you get to the, the bikes of the 60s, we've got open megaphone Hondas, we've got Envy Augusta, Jalera, some iconic two-strokes. There's an Osa here from Spain, a disc valve air called Osa. Just lovely, lovely bikes. And some of these were made in not just small numbers, two or three possibly mm. of a particular model. That makes them especially rare. 
And I was mentioning in the podcast last week, you're obviously a commentator. You've done so much over the years, British Superbikes, all sorts of different things, BBC Grandstand. How have you seen it change over the years? Because I get the feeling that many things are still very much the same as they were. And on the other hand, times have changed. Yeah, well, everything's evolved, not just the bikes and the racing, but television itself has evolved. Yeah. It's moved into a whole new world. The audience now watches on demand. I think that element might be overhyped a bit. I still think people like to sit down and watch linear TV, Ooh. a scheduled broadcast, yes, so I they know when they can see yeah. it, they put their feet up, they crack open a beer or yeah. whatever, or maybe their meal revolves around it. But on-demand TV is definitely happening and growing and growing. People watching on their mobiles, you and I know that the, the TV stations, the numbers of TV stations, the proliferation is immense, Ooh. really. So that in itself dilutes the audience, I yes, think. I think so. It di and it dilutes the impact of the sport. Ooh. So, and again, the technology improvements in the sport itself, the way the bikes and the paddock has changed, the riders are no longer accessible. You've obviously worked with some tremendous people over the years, broadcasting-wise. People like Steve Ryder, Murray Walker, of course, my hero. What was it like to work with people like that regular basis you know week in week out well you learn from them and particularly with the BBC you learned on the job the the production and the direction was on the job coaching they were in your ear the whole time we don't want to hear that again could you rephrase that good so you learn there were certain would you believe in those days in the BBC the words disaster and tragedy mm. could not be used in a sporting context because the BBC reserved the right to use those words for a real an earthquake, a flood, a catastrophe, a real, a real disaster. I remember doing media training a few years ago and often you hear in motorcycle racing and car racing, carnage, we've used it, haven't we, the word carnage. They said, no, let's not use that either. You know, that could be a massacre of people. Let's not use disaster, carnage, words like that. Now it seems like people can get away with murder, actually, on occasions in commentary, doesn't it? The goalposts have moved. And, and you mean in TV in general? I do, TV in general. And the audience has changed. The audience is, in the main, less discerning, I would have thought. I, mean, I might be criticised for saying that, but I think they're less discerning. Because there is a lot of rubbish TV out there as well. I as agree we with that, absolutely. To use yeah. it, it's not carnage. <laughs> but it's garbage you know yeah. an awful lot of it out there yeah. so production values are maybe not as strict as as they were in in the day and uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing i, I don't know it makes our job easy the band is in full swing here in brackley barry's getting very excited because of course barry's a good singer himself uh keyboard player play guitar as well barry i can't remember you play a key keyboard don't you piano i play a keyboard and a blues harmonica <laughs> Blues harmonica. And sing a bit, so make sure you're around at the final round of brands. <laughs> well, you're not actually. I'm not you? there, but I'll make sure someone does a video because I remember last year when you were doing uh, <laughs> Alice. That was a good one. It's the first time we've had Barry on the podcast, which I'm very pleased about. Obviously, you'll know Barry's voice from over the years as we walk past Neil McKenzie's Cadbury Boost bike from uh, late 90s. Well, wasn't it interesting? We've just uh, had lunch sitting with Taylor McKenzie, and Taylor Sorry. supported something I mentioned to you, Greg, and he said, you are the voice of my childhood. Yes. When, when I grew up, I was listening to you all the time because you were calling on my dad's races. It's nice, isn't it, to be recognised as the voice of so many, so many races over the years and so many great moments. And I used to spend my years growing up watching season review videos. And obviously you were on a lot of those. Uh, Murray Walker as well, as we talked about before. It must be, yeah, it must be very satisfying, actually, to hear people saying things like that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it means that all my year's work have not been in vain. Uh, <laughs> part of the fact I earned, earned a few quid along the way. But, you know, I've enjoyed it. I'm still enjoying it. This is year 35 for me Ooh. in broadcasting in the motorcycle paddock. 
Let's talk, talk about the World Superbike Championship. Gets a lot of stick these days for low crowd numbers and that kind of thing. What do you think they need to do? My opinion is, first of all, they need to accept that they must be different to MotoGP and British Superbikes and all the others. What would you do? Well, it's difficult because they're owned by the same organisation, aren't they? So yeah, yeah. what would that organisation do? What are they thinking right now? Can they go on indefinitely running two championships? I think not. Not, not the way it's going. They will have to do something different, as you say. Uh, sidecar, let's go back to sidecars. Sidecars used to run with Dorner events. They ran at Grand Prix yes. and they ran at World Superbike. Yeah. Uh, and not for nothing were they called Super Side because it was, it was synonymous with the World Superbike events. Uh, there were a couple of reasons politically why Dorna decided not to embrace sidecars again in the championship, but that would put a different complexion on a race weekend. I agree. It would give, <laughs> and you'd have world-class championship in the sidecars, and it would be good entertainment value, just as BSB is doing. Yeah, it needs to be different, doesn't it? It has to be different. I mean, Stuart Higgs acknowledges, and he spoke to the sidecar paddock uh, at Snetterton, and he acknowledged openly that the sidecars have entertainment value, uh, they're an asset to the BSB paddock and he's embraced them and take them on board as a, a full series partner uh, for the foreseeable future and that is good news it's got to be good news because with the muscle of the BSB machine behind it who knows where it could go well for us from a commentary point of view and a television viewer I think they're fantastic because there's contact they're bumping into each other bits of bodywork flying off teams and riders and drivers passengers not very happy about that but from a TV point of view, that's what people want to see. Yeah, and it's grassroots racing and the politics are blunt. Yeah. You go in the paddock, you know, it, rough and ready is not a word I would use, but they are grassroots races. Yeah, but good people. Good people. There is no money in mm. the sidecar paddock. Mm. It relies totally on sponsorship. Uh, they're all privateers. There is only one 100% professional sidecar driver in the UK, and that's Tim Reeves. Yes. And he will tell you that. He yeah. said, I'm a professional sidecar driver. Mm. Even the virtuals work for a living. They run the LCR business. Yeah. So they have an income. Mm. Tim relies solely on his racing for his income. Mm. Which is a, a one-off. We've just come to the end of the festival now and it's all gone surprisingly quiet. I'm with Roger Charlesworth down here on the middle of Brackley High Street. We'd normally be in a very dangerous position here, Roger, to stand in the road, but what a great day and a little bit of rain in the middle, but it didn't put us off. Rain can't spoil an event okay, like this. It's been fabulous, been fabulous. You happy with everything? And Freddie being here, of course, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? It's made a tremendous difference. I mean, he really is a gentleman of the track. Thank you very much for all everything you've put on here. And uh, of course, a lot was going on on the fields as well, wasn't it? It wasn't just on the high street. Tremendous amount. I mean, uh, everything on the high street is matched on the field and more and more. Yeah. Back again next year? Oh, most certainly. Look most forward to that then for the 11th edition. Thanks very much, Roger. Thanks for your time. Just with Barry Nutley now at the end of the day. We just heard from Roger there, Barry. Uh, I won't push you too much because I've been speaking to you all day long. But it's been a good event, hasn't it? First time I've certainly been here to the Brackley, to the festival, and it's been good. And the rain mostly stayed away. Yeah, it has been a good event. And, uh -oh. you know, the, the, the judge of that, the bottom line is that Roger Charlesworth, the organiser, and all the organising people are absolutely thrilled with the way it went, despite the weather. Uh, the bikes have turned out. The format we had where we there are two of us working and we can interview the riders before they go out the crowd like to hear about the bikes they like to know that because yeah. this is your first event here and you've seen for yourself when the track is live you can't hear a thing so you need to get that done yes. before they start to parade yes. and uh, <laughs> this year we did that successfully there was a lot of knowledge imparted and 
all in all, it's great. It's over very, very quickly. The day flies by, doesn't it? It does, it has. And lovely to see all these lovely old classics. Lovely to see Freddie Spencer here as well. I'm going to just go across to Freddie now and get a word. Freddie's a man who very much loves these classic events. I'll catch up with you in a minute, Barry. Take care, and thanks for your company, and I'll see you in a minute. And incidentally, you'll be at Caddwell Park, of course, this coming weekend. I will. Caddwell Park for the 8th? Eighth round of the sidecars. Mm. And they're second at Cadwell this year, of course. Yeah, they are. Second trip to Cadwell. Last year, it was a bit of a fiasco. Last visit was a bit of a fiasco yes. because we had a lot of damage and some of the walking wounded are still evident and they suffered not just physical damage but financial damage. So some of them won't be back till next season. Then we go to Aston and then the grand finale with double points mm. at Brands Hatch. And Steve Kershaw could, of course, emulate Jock Taylor this coming weekend. It looks pretty likely, actually. He needs two podiums. He's 32 points shy of his first title and it's, it could happen at Cadwell. Probably where we'll see what happens. Barry, thank you very much for everything and look out for Barry if you are in the paddock at Cadwell. Let's get a quick word from Freddie then. Well, I found Freddie, I found Alex as well, Freddie's partner with their little lovely Yorkshire Terrier, Lola, who's been, poor old Lola's been scared all day long because of the noise. <laughs> She's happy now. Yes, and you know, in, in Lola's, in, in our, our defense, Unfortunately, at 14 years old, almost yeah. 15, she's lost her hearing. Mm. So she comes here and she's got built-in earplugs, unfortunately. Uh. But and so she main thing she enjoys being here, and you can see that. And uh, <laughs> she keeps an eye on on the pit area and makes sure that everybody stays in line. She's you know? even got one of the proper paddock wristbands on around I her like neck. I, I like that. You know, she she has a pass with the little bone on it and uh, <laughs> just that was just for her. So. And how was the day for you, Fred? You've ridden, what have you been on today? You've been on a MotoGP bike, uh, an, a glorious 67 version MV, I think yes. it was. The loudest thing out there, beautiful bike. How were they to ride? Well, the thing is, is that what a treat it was because to ride basically a bike exactly like Hago won the championship mm. on in 67. I mean, yeah. it, it's 100, uh, it's 290 pounds, as I was telling you earlier. 80, 80 horsepower, and it's it's built for Ago, so it, it makes it's a little tight for me. I'm mm. a little shorter than you, but not much. You mm, can imagine, yeah, get get my legs up on it. Yeah. And right hand shift, which I'm used to left hand uh, shift. True. But to ride it that amount of time, I really got a feel for the characteristics of the bike, and and I know the sound is lovely, and I could see the smile on people's faces as I accelerated by, and and then immediately, basically, you know, and 30 minutes later to get on. A MotoGP bike from what, 2014, yes. you know, that raced in, in the GPs. Yeah, that was the MGM forward racing bike, the orange bike. Uh, Alicia Spargo rode that bike, yeah, didn't he? Think, even I took think, a pole position at Assen. Yes, and, and I think it's like a bike, obviously, that Colin rode. Colin you know, as well, yeah. 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 Colin Edwards. And so, you know, it's 239 horsepower, 139 <laughs> kilos. Wow. You know, so, uh, but, you know, they're both Grand Prix bikes, and that's just something that you normally wouldn't get to see. Or certainly, I wouldn't get to ride, except at an event like this, and in, in downtown Brackley, you know. In, yeah, exactly. Know, almost, so. it almost defies logic yeah. in some yeah. way. But no, fantastic. And the noise was immense. It really was fantastic. And the people were going mad for you, weren't they? I don't yeah. know whether you could see them all yeah. cheering you. You had a good little race, almost, with Dean Ellison, who was yeah. on the PBM MotoGP bike at the end. There, good fun. It was. I well, I could see certainly them cheering and the smile on their face. Um, you know, <laughs> peripheral vision is, obviously is such an important part of what we do. And so I'm accelerating, Dean, we're accelerating out of, out of each of the hairpins. And yeah. I can see the people cheering, cheering us on. And, 
and uh, so that that's that's what it's all about and and they can get up close and see the bikes and hear the noise and and that's why I always tell people that you know going to these events all classic events whether it's Goodwood it's here at Brackley it's a Castlecombe that will be at, yeah. at uh, the first weekend of September and you get to see the modern um, bikes like sometimes like you did here and of course the classic bikes the classic four strokes two strokes i'll be on a three-cylinder um at castle cone you know that is basically like a bike that it is a bike it was in the grand prix and uh okay. yeah so you know we've talked about before it's, it's so important uh to keep the history alive and and these events are an opportunity for families you know to share that i i get so many dads and grandfathers that, that come and they bring their sons and and you can see the look on the sons or daughters faces and grandkids faces that they see their their granddad or dad so happy and and, yeah. and i get to share in that and i pay attention to that which is the important thing and and you know the stories that people share with me there was a, a, a young boy in 1983, and his dad had bought him one of my first Daneasy replica onesies. And he came up to me at an event at Paul Ricard in April, and he had his son, and he said, would you take the picture of this like I did with my dad, you know? Yeah, and uh, nice. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not, it does matter. And, and that's why I do these events, and, and it's a privilege for me to get to do it. Cadwell Park this weekend and then we'll see you and hear yes. you again of course together we'll be in commentary in Portimao and I know you had a good chat with Michael Vandermark at Goodwood recently so I'm expecting and I know we'll have a fantastic explanation was it traction control I think he told yeah, you yeah in fact I, I won't say it here yeah, we'll because wait for yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. on Friday afternoon in practice when we're at Portimao in the next round of World Superbike one of the things I'm going to talk about is the relationship of the rider with the modern electronics and an example of pre-electronics and I, I can talk, kind of dissect it and give you real examples of where they have to show that trust mm. in a different way okay yeah but very similar just in a different way than, than I did where there's throttle control they have to utilize their feel of at the right time getting the throttle in a certain position for the traction control to work and, and I had a really nice conversation with Michael Vandermark about that on on the top of the hill at Goodwood and uh, <laughs> and I'm looking forward for us to talk about that on Friday at the World Superbike Race in Portimao. Which for us was quite a special one because that's where we did our test commentary was, from, from yeah. Felton from yeah. London last exactly. November. Exactly. Except yeah exactly. We. Greg and I, we went in and did a little thing together leading into the year before uh, we, we finalized me doing this. And uh, so it was nice. And, and the other good thing about Potomac is, I, as we talked about, I rode there. Yeah. I have a lot of laps. On, on the Fireblade. On the Fireblade yeah. there. And I rode a lot with Tito Rabant, Stefan Brattle, and, and with Nikki. You know, that's yeah. the last time I saw Nikki uh, before his tragic bicycle accident a few months later. So that is a very, very kind of a special place for me uh, in that respect. So I'm really looking forward to going back there. And I tell you, it's it's one of those tracks that brings a lot of different dynamics into it. And again, we'll talk about that with each bike and which bike should favor and what in my opinion on the riders and stuff. And so we'll have a lot of information to share. Okay, we'll definitely do that. Thank you very much for that, Freddie. And thank you for listening in. It's been a slightly different podcast this week from Bracton, but great to speak to you, Freddie. Absolutely. Uh, Barry Nutley as well earlier on and Roger Charlesworth as well. And uh, perhaps try and come along yourself to the Brackley Festival of Motor cycling next year for its 11th edition and in the meantime we are live on Eurosport and Quest and the Eurosport player this weekend with BSB from Cadwell Park so we'll see you there Freddie I'll see you in Portugal I right, look forward to it Greg
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 